Hey, Troy. Yeah. You know, it sucks. Um, vacuum cleaners? Yes, but shopping for truckers insurance sucks. Okay. You know what sucks more? What? Not having any. Any what? Truckers insurance. Oh, okay. But you can save up to 40%. Want to know how? How? Call 800-347-5373 and let the trucking insurance experts at Rev help you get the coverage you need. Rev specializes in providing insurance of all types to small fleet owners and independent owner operators. Whether local, short haul, or long haul, Rev Insurance can get you covered at a price that fits your budget from liability, damages, and cargo to workman's compensation and surety bonds. Rev has your back. While you're out there on the road, call 800-347-5373 or visit www.revinsurance.com. That's R-E-V-I-N-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Again, the number is 800-347-5373. Attention all truckers. If you're looking for a new job, Call NCI at 844-311-7076. They offer great equipment, great benefits, a great working atmosphere, and most important, a great steady income week after week after week because they are owned by their own product. Call NCI today at 844-311-7076. Today on Toxedia, we've got a guest that was involved in a rollover. We actually put a rollover on the page recently. What an overwhelming response, getting messages from drivers that are saying, hey, I was involved in a rollover. And for different reasons, you know, rollovers come from different reasons. But this driver here, his name is Scott. The rollover was in 1991, and we'll we'll let him tell the story, and then we'll get into that here in just a second. What do you think about that? Hmm? Interesting. It is. I mean, I, uh, I've seen rollovers, you know, in videos. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned before about a driver in Chicago that I sat with in a break room when we were leased on the FFE. And he was probably mid-50s, maybe 60. And when he, the night that he had his rollover, the entire side of his face was black. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it was so bruised. It was horrible and his one eye was look look it was just pure red bloodshot probably every vessel popped in there and you know he was sitting there with us and trying to tell us and he just broke down and started crying i mean it was it's traumatic I'm i mean even you. if it, if you didn't do any damage to someone it's very traumatic you know to to just go and witness it i mean any accident period remember when i had my uh, my rollover what rollover did you have my four-wheeler Oh, you know what? It was a rollover. Yeah, that's... And over and over and over. <laughs> it rolled many times. You still you still remember that, huh? Yeah. I mean... That was a hill... Co- well, we should let everybody know. Ruth Ann was out four-wheeling, trying to be a dirt bike rider, and you went up that steep... That was a very steep hill climb. Most people would chicken out and not even try to go up it. That was a good... I was a good, um, I don't know, 50, 60-foot hill climb. It might have even been higher. Straight up. And with roots sticking out. Well, the roots were at the very top. Well, see, I've gone and, and done hill climbs before on motorcycles and stuff, and I look all the way up that to, to know, okay, when you get to the top, what do you got to do to get That's up and over? That's babies. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so what happened to you? You ended up hitting the roof. When I got to the top, I hit the roof, and my front end came up, and my foot wouldn't 
come out because I was wearing sneakers and not riding boots. It wouldn't come out of the peg area, so I couldn't push my bike down. So it went backwards, and my leg got stuck in it. And as it rolled, I was underneath it. You probably looked like this rag doll getting swatted around. Everybody was worried. I mean, everybody came running when it finally came to a stop because when I got the last, I don't know what, 20 feet, it skidded down instead of rolling. It just stopped rolling. It just skidded. It just drug I had you. dirt up my pants and everything, so I was underneath it still. So, and that was traumatic. Yeah. So now can you imagine... I was a tra- bruised from my knee to my hip. Right. Now just imagine the impact of a tractor trailer. I know. That's what I was saying. It's a, it's a traumatic experience. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, recently we had a, a video that we acquired from a uh, Tulsa uh, news, news station of a tractor trailer that was hanging over the bridge. And as they were pulling it up, it was interesting because as they were pulling the tractor up, it, everything was falling out of it, clipboards and pens and, you know, parts of his fridge, parts from his bunk. And, and you got to, it looked like a rainstorm of stuff coming out. And the reason I'm mentioning that is when you're in a rollover or some kind of collision, Everything in the vehicle becomes a projectile. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you're now, you're, it's almost like a combat zone. So, and you know, when you were rolling down the hill, everything we were getting smacked off of. I wasn't there that day. I remember it, though. You went with our friends. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I was in an accident, a head-on collision. You, I've yes. told that story before. Mm-hmm. And I, I swear I couldn't tell you how long, but it was a long time that I would be laying in bed and I could hear that thud, mm-hmm. that that impact, it's just, it's a real, it's a mental thing. It it truly is. Yeah. So, you know, for all you drivers and we really thank you guys that are sending in, uh, Hey, you know, I'll do an interview, blah, blah, blah on, on this rollover. And I think we're going to do more than one, but I want to get Scott on here. His name is Scott. I want to get Scott on here in a second. He's, I don't know if he's from Maine, but I think he said his rollover was up in Maine but it was quite a while ago, but a rollover is a rollover. Heck, he might have been in a cab over. It was in 1991, but he got hurt, and I want to let him tell the reason why. And, and this is what I really found amazing about this young man that wants to come on here is he was very honest about how he rolled over, and we're going to let everybody find that out from him himself. I'm going to let him tell the story. Hey, truck drivers, I want to talk to you real quick about an invention that was invented by a trucker for truckers. It's a tool called Magnus Stop. Basically, if you want to slide your axles hassle-free without needing any help, it's a little 4 by 5 inch tool. It utilizes a pin and a magnet. Crazy simple. I'm surprised nobody ever invented it before. Anyways, you merely stop, get out, pull your pin, put your Magnus Stop device in the hole right beside the hole you want it to stop at. Then you either pull forward or you back up. Magnus Stop stops you exactly where you need to be stopped every single time. It's durable. It's very affordable. It's $49.95. If you mention Talk CDL online in the promo code, you get $10 off. So it's now only $39.95 for Talk CDL viewers, which is an awesome, awesome deal. Magnus Stop is the tool you need today, and you can get it at magnastop.online that's m-a-g-n-a-s-t-o-p dot online check it out and let us know here at Talk CDL how that product is working out for you thank you 
Oh, and it's also free shipping and handling. It doesn't get any better than that. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. So do you, do you want to dial his number? You could just put happy sounds for that. Hello? Hi, is this Scott? Yes, it is. Hi, Scott. This is Ruthann and Troy. I'm pardon, I didn't catch that. It's Ruthann and Troy. I'm sorry, I'm sick, so I haven't had much of a voice. So it's hard to hear me. So maybe if Troy yeah. got on soon, he can make sure that you can he could hear him. <laughs> now, this is Troy and Ruthann with Talk CDL. Scott, are you hearing us okay? I hear you 100% better that way. You can? Yes. All right, perfect. All right, so Scott, uh, is it okay to say your last name? Yes, go right ahead. And is it pronounced Thornberry or Thorn Thornberry? Thornberry. Berry. Yeah, are you so you are a New Englander? Yes, I, I live in southern New Hampshire. Oh, really? Cool. Um, Could totally hear that accent, just saying. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you think about Worcester, you, you know, Worcester, Mass., they call it Worcester. Well, no, actually, they don't even pronounce the R. Yes, exactly. It's Worcester. You see here? Worcester. That? Yeah. Hey, Scott, for just so everybody can hear it, say the word lobster for us. Lobster. Lobster. It's <laughs> pretty cool. All right. So, so anyway, so we appreciate you writing in about the accident that you had. And that was actually in 1991, correct, Scott? Yes, it was. That was uh, quite, quite the day that I just never forgot. Yeah. Well, you know, I've met a lot of people with rollovers, and that's probably something that none of them ever forget. So take us back for a second, uh, if you don't mind. Who were you working for at the time? I was working, um, I'd rather not say the name of the company just because I don't know their situation right now. But I was working for a flatbed company. We were house carriers for a sheetrock factory in New New Hampshire. Okay, so you were pulling a flatbed. Oh, yes, I flatbed. And at the time, I did not have a sheetrock load, but I had to go pick up a load of two-by-fours up north in Passadumkeg, Maine. Okay, so, so you did have the you did have the two by fours on when 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 this happened, correct? Oh yes, yes. Okay. I had um I had what had happened is I had left the house extra early that morning to make it up to Passadumkeg from when they opened, so I could load the two by fours to get back down this way because it's about a four to five hour trip one way. Wow. So, and just so, just for my knowledge, 1991, correct, was the the rollover. Yes. Okay. I'm mean, I'm curious because that was the era where cab overs were still pretty popular, and people were starting to get conventional rigs. What were you driving? I was driving a 1989 Freightliner 112. They were kind of, you know, a couple years new to the scene. They had that. It wasn't a flat floor. It was a day cab, and it didn't have a flat floor. Underneath the seats, it raised up a little bit to make room for the battery compartment and the air filter. Okay, so and you said it was a day cab? Yes. Okay. And, and just, uh, again, just a couple other things. The, uh, the weather that day. The weather was actually nice. It was um, the sun probably had just come up when... Uh, when the accident, when the rollover happened, 
And one thing, back in those days when I used to push myself, that was the worst time of the day, always. I agree, 100%. That was, that's my, my nightmare that time of the day. But go ahead, you finish. Yeah, and um, there was a clear road up that far north that early in the morning, but pretty empty. And all of a sudden, I felt the front wheel leave the pavement, which shocked my eyes open. So I started grabbing a lot of steering wheel, trying to bring it back. And unfortunately, that was probably the catalyst that caused it. Because when I yanked the wheel, it went over into the ditch on the breakdown side. And uh, yes, she slid quite a ways on her side because I was doing about 60 when she went over. You know, and and that is the one of the cardinal sins of a ditch is trying to whip back onto the road. They say you're always better off just riding it out and going down into that ditch. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, the lesson learned the hard way on that one. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, also, I remember the, the two-by-fours that were strapped down and very secure when I left that place wound up all over the road afterwards. So, they, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. They, uh, they had to shut down the road for a little bit just to get some of the two-by-fours off to let traffic through. I don't know how they wound up slapping onto the road if I went off on the breakdown side, but they did. And uh, the, the, the whole passenger side of the cab was smeared off. If I had had a passenger, I could probably guarantee you they would not have survived that wreck. Hmm. So, so, so take us, take us to that night, Scott. You, I read the uh, notes that you had sent the uh, our Facebook page. Yes. And uh, tell tell the viewers. Poor, poor, by the way, Ruth Ann, if you if you hear, go ahead, get you get your coughs out, Ruth Ann. I can't help it. She's Ruth Ann's had a, a, a cold all week. She's got green spit. <laughs> She's. She's be descriptive. She's right? on, yeah, of course I'm going to be descriptive. She's on antibiotics and all our good stuff. So if we get some coughing in there, I'm just going to leave it in. Anyways. Not that I mean to do it. I'm trying to suck on a cough drop, so. So, so Scott, tell us that night, what was, tell the viewers, what was the actual reason that caused the rollover? The actual reason was lack of sleep. Right. So you, you dozed off, basically. Exactly. I, I dozed off. Like I said, I had left extra early that morning. And extra early for me was my starting time was always at 3.30 a.m. And this time I left at midnight and probably did not go to bed any earlier. And uh, hit that deadly point of the day when the sun is rising and those the one thing I really remember is it was just getting light out when it happened, and I didn't get taken off the scene until about ten ten thirty. Okay, so you didn't have to go to a hospital or anything like that. Well, that's yeah, I, that's how long it took the ambulance to get there. Oh wow! Wow. They well, the, the wreck happened. Some um, cars and trucks behind me stopped. It was a nice. Um, I want to say a new pen driver stopped, told me, gave, took my dispatcher's number, said he'd call him for me when he got to the next exit. 
uh, nurse stopped, made me sit down, would not let me move until the cops came. And I was covered with blood only from superficial scratches, but it looked a lot worse than it was. And he's came, oh, my God, they never said there was personal injury, ran back and called an ambulance. So, so Scott, there was no other vehicles involved, just you? Just me. Okay. Well, that's that's actually kind of really good. I'm sorry, but it, it's I, I'd rather it that way than than you have the scar on your mind of something happening to another person that you were involved in. Aren't you the king? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Oh no, I was just gonna. He's being a smart aleck. I said that I was really glad it was only you and not having the scar that you would have on your mind of someone else being involved in it. Yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say, Scott? Yeah, the the, um, the, the the I was so far away. Actually, back then it was a lot more wilderness than it is now. It is a lot more common going up that way quite a bit now. But um, yeah, they they I was like 20 minutes north of Bangor, Maine, when the accident happened. Maybe a little further north. And they had to get an ambulance from another county because all of Bangor's ambulances were busy. That's that's what it was like in the 90s. <laughs> so I was just telling Ruth Ann here about a, a rollover, uh, a guy that had a rollover in Chicago. I was sitting with the one night, and he was describing how violent his rollover was. The guy, is, one side of his face was completely a big bruise. And, you know, you could, he was a, this guy was in his 50s, maybe 60, and he just broke down, you know, and just couldn't take it. It just from the, the memory of how violent that is that he survived through it. Tell, tell us, Scott, what was, what was yours like? Was it, because not every rollover is the same. What, what was yours like? Violence describes it to the T. I, I will definitely give you that. Um, I don't know I, if I gained superhuman strength that day or if there was someone watching over me or if that old, in saying, you know, pardon my rudeness here, but my ass was puckered to the seat and it kept me in there. Because I didn't have my seatbelt on. Oh, wow. I managed, I managed to stay in the driver's seat, but the steering wheel was bent at 90 degrees from me holding on to it so tight. But yet I also managed to cut my forehead on the... Um, FM radios, the knobs had popped off and those little metal spikes were sticking through. And that was mounted on the ceiling and I hit my forehead on that. The back window came in and cut the back of my head and my arm open. And it's violence, but it happens also quickly in my case that I didn't even know what happened until I was standing on the driver's side door surveying the scene and looking at what happened. Did it change the way you do things? Oh, yes. Quite a bit. <laughs> First thing, I try to get more rest now. I <laughs> changed my schedule over the years. And if I am to knock on wood, yes, nothing like that has ever happened again. How long were you driving prior to that accident? What was I driving? No. How long were you driving? Oh. I would been driving, that was, 91 would be seven years. 
So you weren't a, you weren't brand new to it. You were actually kind of seasoned in a sense. You know, you got through all your bumps and bruises before, you know, getting used to driving. Yep, and I had basically been driving for that company doing that job for almost all those seven years. So I, I knew what was going on. I knew the stops. I knew the, the equipment and how it handled. What was the end result with your company after that accident? I'm sorry? What was the end result with the company after that accident? Did they keep you on? Did they fire you? What happened? Okay, well, actually, this company was very good, and it's why I stayed with them for probably another four or five years. The, when the boss found out what happened to me, he drove all the way up to the hospital I was taken to bring me home. That was really, that's that's great. They knew you were a very dedicated driver for them. That's probably why they, they were yeah. easygoing about it. I would like to think so. And they, then after that, they put me to work um, because... They actually wound up fixing the truck. It, it, the, the, most of the damage was done to the cab, so they just replaced the cab. So while the truck was being repaired, they let me work in the warehouse making, uh, loading the trailers. So, okay, so they kept you on, which in, yeah. today's, in today's world, that's pretty much a, almost a guarantee to be terminated with most carriers. And, and more today because of the insurance companies. Um, but that shows the difference between a company that, that looks at the value of the driver versus what the value of that equipment was at that time. Yeah. They realized they had a great driver on their hands, and they didn't want to just lose them because of one accident. Well, no, and I agree. What <coughs> most, there goes Ruthann coughing again. What, what most carriers will do for a driver, he said he was there seven years, right? Yeah. And then he stayed another additional. Right. So when you, if, you're, if you're at a company for seven years, it's hard to find a driver to stay that long. Of course, they're going to try to figure out how to keep you. I mean, that can happen. And really, the rollover could happen to anybody. Mm. You know, it is what it is. So, so, Scott, did you get a ticket? Did you get a failure to control, failure to maintain, reckless, careless? Did you get something out of it? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to embellish a little. Well, not embellish, but I'm going to add some details to the story you don't know, if you don't mind. And we don't mind you embellishing either. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't mean that, but okay. Okay. So after the truck rolls over, all the people stop. The police officer comes. The nurse is making me sit down. She will not let me move. I see the trooper arrive. I said, I got to go get my logbook. I got to go get my paperwork. I got to go get everything. I go to get up. The woman slams me back down on the ground like she's some pro wrestler, telling me I will not move. Wow. Like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I need to get these papers out. She says, if you go down there and pass out, you're just making it harder for everybody. Okay, understand. So she sends her husband down to get my paperwork. She, uh, they hand him to the trooper. He looks at him. My logbook is good. My inspection is good. Everything is good. And me being me, he asked what happened. I said, I just closed my eyes for a second. He says, okay, gives me the paperwork and leaves. <laughs> that is awesome. No ticket. <laughs> Not a ticket. It was a different time back then. It was. You're right. It truly was. I, I remember those times, actually. And you know what? And you didn't... You, it was just you and your own equipment involved in it. So what's he going to do? Yeah. That was... That, that's that's sweet. <laughs> that really is cool. You know, go ahead, finish up. Uh, 
I'm going to say, and it, it was, uh, um, yeah, every day when, when I went to the hospital, it was probably, once I got released from the hospital, it was another seven hours before my boss made it up there to pick me up. And they had just finished cleaning up the scene when we drove back. Wow. How'd that feel looking at that? That was horrifying on my part because Creepy. it was loaded. Flatbed was loaded nose to tail with eight foot two by fours, and not one of them stayed on the trailer. Hmm. And, and they, like I said, pickup sticks. They went everywhere, and they had a lot of people there picking them up and putting them back on the trailer. And then we stopped and looked at the truck so I could get some stuff out of it, and that was the horrifying part. You've probably seen your blood all over inside of it. Yeah, well, actually, it wasn't so much that as because it went down on the passenger side, and that's what smeared into the sod, the A-pillar of the truck basically curled up a whole layer of sod and put about 500 pounds in the passenger seat. And my rigid passenger seat now became a recliner, and the back window of the cab was blown out on that side. And there was just, like, about 500 pounds of dirt in there. Mm. Okay. Earthworms. So, so here we are. You have your rollover. You're hurt. How long did it take to heal, first off? Um, to heal physically, uh, a week, because they were just basically superficial scratches. But when you get them on your forehead and the back of your head, they bleed like crazy. Um, mentally, it took me a while. I, I, uh, I had, uh, it was a little nervous for me to ride in the slow lane. No, I, and that was going to be my next thing I wanted to talk to you about, because the mental part of it, I was explaining to Ruth Ann before we called you, I was in a head-on collision. And I, I want to say maybe upwards of two, three years, I would wake up occasionally in the middle of the night, and I could hear that thud of when I, my face went through the windshield and, you know, we, I was involved in that wreck. So I can only imagine what a rollover is like. I, I never had dreams or anything about it that I know of. And like I said earlier, it happened so fast to me. It was like watching a movie in fast motion, really. But I know certain things would happen when I was driving and it's like, okay, I got to move over to this lane now. Mm -hmm. And I... I don't know why or what, and I'd tell myself, you're just being crazy. What is this? That was your subconscious. How, how long after the rollover did you get in a tractor trailer and drive for the first time? Um, it was probably about three months. Mm -hmm. How was that day? That day wasn't too bad because they kept me out. Actually, it was a local run. They, they started me out slow. The company really knew how to take care of their drivers. So he started me out slow, and then he asked me, do you mind going here? If not, would you rather go somewhere else? And I'd tell him, and I just forced myself to get back into the swing of things. Wow. So now, obviously, you're not with the carrier anymore. No, no. And what are you doing now? You Are, are you still driving? I'm still driving, yeah. I'm coming on my 37th year right now. Flatbed? In February, actually. Flatbed? Um, no, not flatbed anymore. Now I, uh, 
I drive a 90-yard dump trailer, and I work for a recycling company. Okay. So you're a local guy? Yes. Okay. Yes, I thought that, and uh, yeah, I'm very happy now. <laughs> yeah, no, not a problem. You know, I had a... It's funny, you know, uh, how how the result... Uh, with the cop came out with your accident there, how he said, okay, thank you, and then walked away. I had that happen to me probably around that same time I was driving for a pig farmer, and we would take loads from Pennsylvania over to Jersey, and Ruth Ann was with me at the time. <laughs> and I, I came in, and there was an empty dry box hooked to a peat. I think we were in a peat. I don't remember what Frick, it was. I think it was the peat or the Kenwood. I, Ken, I, don't, even I don't, remember don't remember what rig it was. They had all kind of trucks there. Anyways, they said, hey, we already, we already hooked your truck up. It's running. Go ahead, jump in and go. Take this to Jersey and get, bring this load back. So we get in. And, and, you know, I should have did the old trailer test with the trolley. But, uh, and I'm sure you know where I'm going with it now. Oh, yeah. We were in the Hammer Lane on I-78 in PA, if you've ever been there. It's bouncy. Yep. And all you heard was somebody on the CB going, get out of the hammer lane, get out of the hammer lane. Somebody lost their trailer. And, and it was just getting daylight. And I said to Ruth Ann, oh, my gosh, keep looking. There, you, it won't be head. There will be no lights on it, Ruth Ann. Just watch it. I don't want to run into it, right? And I look in my mirror. I go, oh, my gosh, it's us. And uh, I look, I pulled over real quick. I'm in a bobtail. And I could see the trailer, like, back. And so I uh, actually got out and ran back. And when I got to the back there, there was a stady behind it. You know, what a blessing. Cop already had his lights on, and he was making sure nobody hit it. All I said to the cop, the, the cop goes, is this yours? I said, yeah. And I said, there's nothing in it. I could get under that. I could crank it up and get under it and, and go. He goes, if you can do that, go ahead and do it and get out of here. And, yeah, so I ran, grabbed the bobtail. I flew backwards up the interstate, got under it, hooked to it. And here's the worst part. I was getting ready to leave, and some other guy come running back down in the stop traffic, and he says, hey, some flatbedder uh, had to slam on his brakes because of the traffic in the sun, and his load went through his, tra his tractor. He didn't get hurt, but it totally destroyed his truck, and the cop looks at me and goes, get out of here now. <laughs> and so I didn't get a ticket or nothing out of it, and like you said, it was that error. It was that time. Oh, yes, yes, because I, actually I've had that happen not too, uh, within the last 10 years, actually. Wow. Where a, during a rainstorm, a car had bounced off my tandems on the trailer and spun out and wound up in the middle of the road. So, of course, I pulled over, but um, the trooper was right there, and he pulled, walked up to me and said, go ahead, I saw what happened. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. That when he they did that one other time when I was making a wide right turn and somebody else decided to try to cut me off while doing it and they paid the price I didn't. Let's just say. Hmm. They, they their car got totaled and again the trooper was like, "Get out of here! It wasn't your fault." We were in um. In, in Boston, we had a lady come up and hit us um, in the in the tandems. Remember that, Troy? She went under. Yeah, she went under there, and she started freaking out, flipping out, saying that we're at fault, but we we're literally sitting at a red light when she came in the junction where the light was coming up to, and a huge state trooper came walking back and flipped out at her because she was trying to do it. That's the only place we ever had something like that happen. Uh, yeah, but... Uh yeah, that's, 
uh, that's few and far between, but thank God it's been few and far between that I've had incidences like that. Well, yeah, praise God, right? You know, know, back in the day when you had your wreck, I don't think they had what's called a DOT recordable. Now, it's all DOT recordable accidents, preventables, non-preventables. You don't want to roll over. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, I, I don't think any of that, and I'm trying to remember. I know that's right around the era of either the CDLs just started or they hadn't started yet. I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, so. you're right. It was different. It was different in Pennsylvania. I think it was a, it was a Class C or something like that. I had yeah, before. Because, yeah, but we're uh, we're we're uh, truly glad that you survived it, and more glad to tell you. Uh, many drivers have gotten into really bad wrecks and just never wanted to drive again. At least you were able to keep her going. Well, at, at the time, I had no choice because it was my profession and I needed to work. Yeah, I hear you. So, and that's a big motivator sometimes. All right. Well, definitely. Do you? Do you? We're gonna we're gonna cut this short here in a second, Scott. Do you have any any advice to drivers that? you know, are obviously listening in, uh, young drivers and even experienced drivers, because you were an experienced driver when this happened. Yeah. Do you have any closing words for our viewers? Because most of them are drivers. Okay. Closing words. This is simple and it sounds corny. Get your sleep. I agree. I agree. I mean, this is, this is why they're strapping down on the industry. It's true. It's stuff like oh. this, yeah. I, because of the new rules, I had to go to a CPAP machine now. Yeah. So they said you have sleep apnea? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, they said I was having so many events uh, an hour and needed to take the machine, and which I did. Um, I'm a pretty fit guy. I, I work out almost every other day. And yet they're telling me if I lose 12 pounds, I can probably get rid of the machine. And I'm like, where am I supposed to lose these from? Somebody else? Yeah, I hear you. Well, you know, I I, I have mixed feelings about the sleep apnea thing. But, you know, even Ruth Ann was diagnosed with it. Mm -hmm. But but she never uses her machine ever. Maybe once a year. No, I, I use it most of the time. Not all the time anymore, though. Yeah, so. Well, I can tell you. From using the machine, maybe it's because of what I've been through, maybe not. I have noticed I am not as tired as I used to be. Yeah. I was doing really good with it. It's just my problem is is I don't like having the mask on. It makes my face itch, like my nose. My nose itches because uh, it, it just bothers me. I just always want to constantly itch my nose, so I end up staying awake more just so I can itch my face. Mm. Yeah, and of all things, I'm a professional sleeper. Having been, well, having been in the industry as long as I have, every time I stop for two minutes, I close my eyes and get a nap in where I can. Mm. All right. Ruthann, do you have anything that you wanted to uh, advise people on? I mean, you're pretty good at telling me what to do. Mm. <laughs> I, I agree with Scott. Make sure you get your sleep. No, absolutely. There's a... Oh, actually, I have one more thing to say, too. Go ahead. It is where the cranky old man in me comes out now. <laughs> Put damn phone down. Oh, yeah. I agree. I don't think they enforce that law enough. They, I see especially all the big trucks going by. That just makes me cringe. 
Well, another yeah. another driver's in jail over the weekend. I don't know if you read about it. It happened in Kentucky. Yeah, I saw that. Yep, he's 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 uh, gonna lose a lot over. I guess he had a, a phone on the dash. He was streamlining a video or something. I think that's what it said. So I mean, it's it's just not that important. And a friend of mine that owns a, a small trucking company over the weekend, one of his drivers had a bad jackknife and rolled it, and and it was a flatbed. And what what his what he said happened there was i guess uh something came out of the there's a, a space above the driver's seat something came out and was on the floor and he reached for it and then i guess by the time he got back up he was going the wrong you know he's going off the road he overcorrected boom he's now done because insurance has already said they cannot keep him so yeah. i mean it's just there's you know when you're driving a truck the best thing to do is drive the truck you don't you don't have to look at your phone when it rings you don't have to look up something you don't have to reach a lot of people get in accident it's reaching down because you got to put your head down below the, the windshield there to do they it. also pull. They don't realize they're actually pulling on the steering wheel in the direction that they're leaning. And that's exactly right. Oh, definitely. So... You know, and you know, what's funny is, and I agree with you, some of this stuff sounds a little corny, but in all honesty, being reminded is a big thing. You know... It's, it's, it's that simple. Right. We, we get what's called complacent. We all do. In fact, the more experience you get, the more complacent you get. You get so used to doing it, it becomes routine. They say the majority the majority of all accidents happen within so many miles of everyone's house because they're just so not, you know, being as cautious as they are when they're 100 miles away. So as truck drivers, I, I would guess we kind of get more complacent because we're used to being all over the country. So the advice is constantly remind yourself, you know, or take advice from somebody like you or Ruth Ann. Yeah. And uh, it may sound corny, but get your sleep. Don't be reaching out on the floor. If something falls on the floor, when you get to your stop, pick it up then. Um, there's just so many ways to avoid getting into an accident. And it may sound corny, but just get into good practices. I know in Florida, one of the new laws that are coming up, if you have any form of a handheld device in your hand going through a school zone or a construction zone, you're automatically going to start getting ticketed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They don't. They want everybody to be on Bluetooth from now on when they're doing any kind of driving. And we should be. Yeah. So. Well, the hands-free law first started. I noticed everybody was complying with headsets and all that, and like you said, uh, complacency or what? But it's all of a sudden, it's like it's not enforced at all. I know this, that too. It's, it just seems like you know they don't want to enforce the laws that they're giving us, but then they'd rather people get killed in these accidents because you're not enforcing them. It's like telling your kid, don't touch the stove, but you just let them go ahead and touch it. Uh, but other than that, that's all I have to say. Well, listen, Scott, we truly appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with Talk CDL and our viewers. If there's anything you ever want to talk about, you know, get a hold of us on the page. Uh, and also this number that we just called you on, that's my cell. You can write that down, keep us in your contacts, and stay in touch with us. We really do appreciate all the drivers that call in and, and uh, want to be part of us. Well, I thank you for having me on. All right, we're going to be out of here. Stay safe. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord. Yep.